Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. Hello, Ivy Church. Hello, Ivy Church. Welcome to Ivy Church. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. Becky and I have been re-watching Star Wars in chronological order. It's kind of become a thing. Once we've re-watched the whole of The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings, Star Wars is obviously the next logical thing. Anyway, in Star Wars, if you haven't seen it, please do, the good guys and girls are called the Jedi, masters of the mysterious force which they use for good. Well, that's the theory anyway. Now, potential Jedis, uh, or young Jedi submit to a process of apprenticeship, learning from a Jedi Master, and through this process, a Padawan, as they're known, not only learns how to do all the things the Jedi Master does, which is pretty amazing, but also embrace a whole way of life uh, of the Jedi by spending all their time with the Master. As I said, these apprentices are called Padawans. Now, you might be wondering, why on earth are you going on about Star Wars? I thought we were in church. Well, it's very simply this. Today, we are starting a short series that will continue over the next couple of weeks called Knowing, Growing, Going, which is all about how we are formed as followers of Jesus. In the Bible, there is a special word for that, and it's called a disciple. Now, you may have heard about the 12 disciples, Peter, John, and so on. They were Jesus's closest followers, but the word is also used to describe anyone who is learning what it means to know and follow Jesus. You see, the word disciple literally means learner, or apprentice. In other words, a disciple is a Padawan of Jesus. Isn't that incredible? Think about that for a moment. Jesus wants you to go on a journey with him so that, not, so that you can know him, but not only know him, learn everything that he ever did and how to do that and embrace his whole way of life. I don't know what you would say it means to be a Christian. Go to church, pray, be a good person, Now, you might do some of those things if you are a Christian, but it's so much more than that. It is the invitation through Jesus Christ into a relationship with the living God, the creator of the whole universe. Now, I did a physics degree, but you don't need one to know the universe is a pretty big place. Anyway, at Ivy, we talk about three areas, knowing, growing, and going. A disciple of Jesus, very simply, is someone who is learning what it means to know God and follow and become like Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit, grow in love as part of a community they belong to, and go into their worlds to help other people find their way back to God. Today, I'm starting with knowing. What does it mean to know God? Is that even possible? I wonder if you've ever thought this. How can a human being have a relationship with an invisible God? It's a great question. The passage that I want to use to unpack this idea comes from John chapter 14 in the New Testament. We're going to be joining a conversation that actually spans five chapters that Jesus has with his disciples the night before he was betrayed and murdered on a cross. Now, at this point, Jesus' disciples have been with Jesus for three years. They've seen all the miracles, they've heard all his teaching, and they've gone out and begin to do some of the amazing things that he was doing too. But now Jesus is telling them that he's about to leave them. The disciples, they're, they're struggling to understand what Jesus is saying to them. You know, they're upset, they're confused. 
So if you are ever confused or upset by Jesus, you're in good company. I wouldn't worry about it too much. So as we're going through this passage, we're going to answer three really important questions. Number one, is it possible to know God? Number two, what does knowing God actually look like? How does that play out? And three, what are the promises of knowing God? So let's take a look. Thomas, one of his disciples, Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How how, how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I've been among you such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it's the Father living in me who is doing his work. So in this passage, Jesus addresses the first question, how can we know God? Jesus starts by saying, I am the way, the truth and the life. If you know me, you know the Father. This is where it all begins. If you know Jesus, you know God. Or in other words, it is through knowing Jesus that you can know God. Now this cuts across our culture that says that no one can really know God if he even exists, or at best, God is whoever God is to you. Our culture says, go whatever way you like to God. All all roads lead to God. Jesus says, I am the way. Hindus worship an infinite oneness made up of 300,000 gods and goddesses. Buddhists don't believe in God, but attempt to banish all selfishness through meditation and other disciplines. Muslims believe in Allah, who is merciful, if you have done enough in this life, but there is still no guarantee. New Age religions and forms of spirituality believe that God is something within each person that needs to be realised. While the prophets and teachers and leaders of all of these different forms of religions of faith point away from themselves and say, God is like this and God is like that, Jesus points to himself and says, I am the way. No one comes to the Father except through me because Jesus is God in person. A friend of mine says, there are many roads that can lead you to Jesus, but there is only one way to lead you to God. Jesus is the way. Then he says, I am the truth. And our culture says, find your own truth. Whatever is true to you is true. Believe in yourself. Jesus didn't say, believe in yourself. Jesus came and said, believe in me. Believing in yourself works when everything is going well. But what happens when everything is going wrong in your life and you can't do anything about it? It's awful. The whole thing comes crumbling down. And I know from personal experience, it's a really dark place to be. If you want to know God, believe in Jesus. Jesus says, I am the truth. Believe in me. Truth is a person. 
and his name is Jesus. Then he says, I am the life. Now our culture says, you don't need God. Live however you like. Do whatever makes you happy and don't let anyone say otherwise. I know from experience, it works, but only for a little while. I remember when I left home, I couldn't wait to do things on my, my own way without feeling like my parents were watching over me. University was that opportunity. I continued on at church for a little while when I moved to London, uh, but stopped going after a year or so. And my mum would say to me, Tim, where are you at in your relationship with God? And it used to drive me flipping crazy. And I would say to her, but mum, I've got a first class degree from a top uni. I'm living in London. I've got a BMW at 25. I'm having a great time. I've made it. Why can't you just be proud of me? And she always said, but Tim, your relationship with God is the most important thing. The truth was, I didn't have everything. Inside, I felt deeply lonely, had many regrets that I tried to ignore by working hard and having a great time. The desire for life apart from God is nothing new. Right at the beginning of the Bible, Adam and Eve decided they didn't want God anymore. It has been famously said that sin is believing a lie. The lie that Adam and Eve believed and acted upon is that there is life apart from God. But how can there be? He is the creator and source of all life. Let me use this illustration. I have a lovely lamp here. If I unplug this lamp, don't be surprised if the light goes out. Now, many religions have their own systems of rules and behaviors to reestablish the felt lack of connection to something greater. But the lamp is powerless to do anything. It can't plug itself back in. Someone else has to do it. That's what Jesus came to do. Christians are not better than anyone else. They are just people that recognize they need God's help. Jesus said, I am the life. The fulfillment and satisfaction and inner peace that you long for is only found in me. Everything else in the end will let you down. The incredible thing is that the way that Jesus came to give us life was by giving up his own life when he died on the cross so that through him we might find forgiveness for our sin, Find forgiveness for all the times we've rejected God and gone our own way and said, I don't need you, I've got this covered. That through him we might find the possibility of a new life. One of my favourite verses in the Bible is this, 2 Corinthians 5.19. God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting anyone's sins against them. Therefore, be reconciled to God. Turn to him. Don't hold him at arm's length anymore. Come to him today. Jesus says of himself, I am the way, the truth and the life. If you know me, you know God. The word know here is not intellectual knowledge. It's not like uh, knowing about God. You know, like I know that two plus two equals four, and my physics degree obviously taught me that. At the heart of the Christian faith is not an idea or an ideology, but a person. The word know means to be familiar with something because of personal experience. So when I'm talking about that in terms of knowing God, in other words, you could say, you've got history together. You've got memories, stories. Like when you hang out with friends that you've known for years and years and you find yourself looking back and going, oh my word, do you remember when? That's what it's like. That's what I'm talking about. Because God is real. Because Jesus is real. And you can know him. Isn't that what we all long for? Isn't that what people are desperate for? Isn't that what our young people desperately need? Isn't that what our world is crying out for? Something real. Something that doesn't disappoint. Something that in the end turns out to be actually better than it sounds. Now, it might sound crazy to people, 
um, you know, people might be comfortable with you saying that you're a Christian, that you go to church, that you pray sometimes. You know, a lot of people do, whether they're Christians or not. It, it's not even that you're saying that you believe in God. Lots of people do. It's more than that. Through Christ, you know God. This is the incredible truth at the heart of the Christian faith. In Jesus, God has entered into our world to make it possible for us to know God, to have a living friendship with the creator of the universe that he now calls all of us into through his son, Jesus Christ. It's absolutely outrageous. It's scandalous, but it's true. And it's what Jesus wants for us. He wants us to have the same relationship with God the Father that he had. That's what he lived and died for, and he doesn't want us to settle for anything less. He already knows you. He already loves you. There is nothing you can do to change that. The cross of Jesus Christ is the final word that puts all the, yeah, but what about, to rest. Knowing God and enjoying a relationship with him through Jesus Christ begins with with experiencing and living in this incredible, unconditional love every single day. And so much so it becomes the new motive for everything in life. So I want to ask you, do you know God? Not do you know about the Bible stories, not do you go to church, but do you know God? Have you started that friendship with him? What's holding you back? So first question, is it possible to know God? Absolutely, it's what we were made for and it's all been made possible through Jesus Christ. The second question is this, what does it look like to know God? How does that work out in practice? Well, let's continue in this passage. This is Jesus speaking, remember. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe in the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask anything in my name and I will do it. If you love me, keep my commands. So Jesus tells us in this passage, a disciple is someone who knows God through Jesus and because they know him they love him and because they love him they listen carefully to what he says and because they listen carefully to what he says they put it into practice now our son Freddie is two and is just beginning to get his head around the fact that we might ask things of him and expect him to do things from time to time now if we say, hey, Freddie, can you clean your room? Now, obviously, he's a little young for that, but let's pretend for the sake of this illustration that he's just a little bit older. If, he, if I say to him, Freddie, can you go and clean your room? And he says yes, and off he goes, and two hours later, I come by and see how he's getting on. And uh, there's still toys scattered all over the place. And he says, well, Dad, you know, I thought about what you said, and I wrote it down, and I underlined it, and I memorized it, and I journaled about it, and I've actually just written a song about it. I posted a video on TikTok. I got some friends together and we discussed it. And then we decided to write a book called Perspectives New and Old on Cleaning Your Room. I'd be like, I didn't ask you to do any of that. I just asked you to clean your room. Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commands. If you do, just like the Padawan who has learned from the master, you will find that you do everything that he does. 
And if you read the story, that's a pretty mind-blowing prospect. And not only that, but even greater things. I once heard someone say that they wanted to live life in such a way that people observing would have to conclude that the only reasonable explanation is that the God they believed in is real. I love that. So, is it possible to know God? Absolutely. The Father is revealed to us through his Son, Jesus Christ. If we know Jesus, we know the Father. How does that relationship get worked out in practice? By loving Jesus, listening to him, and putting into practice everything that he says. Then we will find that we know him. Finally, what are the promises of knowing God? Jesus goes on to say this, If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate or helper to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you'll realize that I am in my Father and you're in me and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father and I too will love them and show myself to them. Friends, these are astonishing words that Jesus is saying. You might reasonably ask, as I said earlier, how do you have a relationship with an invisible God? Many people have asked that question. Maybe you have too. It's really very simple. When you turn to Jesus and come to him, he comes and lives in you. This is the great promise that for those who commit themselves to following Jesus, they receive his forgiveness for all the times that they haven't lived with Jesus as their way, their truth and life. And you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, which is the God coming and making his home inside you, all made possible through Jesus' death and resurrection as we celebrated over the Easter weekend. And it's through the Holy Spirit in us that we can experience the day-to-day -day reality of a living friendship with God. He leads us and guides us. He fills us with the love of God. He encourages us when we've done the right thing and it's hard, or when we've done the wrong thing and we just need to come back. He's the friend when we're lonely. He's strong when we're weak. He helps us to put into practice what we're learning about what it means to follow Jesus. He helps us to speak to our Father and through the Spirit in us, our Father speaks to us. Through his power at work in us, we see that we're able to do everything that Jesus did and even greater things. And in the end, we will find that just as the Father knows and loves Jesus, and Jesus loves and knows the Father, the Father sees us, knows us, and loves us, and that we see him and know him and love him. And so my question is this, do you know God? Have you begun a friendship with Jesus Christ that changes everything, now and for eternity? What's stopping you from turning to Jesus and asking for that today? And maybe that's for the first time. Or maybe you would call yourself a Christian and have been a Christian for years and years and years, longer than you can even remember. But you've lost sight that the heart of the message is that what this is all about is a friendship with a living God made possible through Jesus Christ. And for you, it's become about all of the stuff, 
about praying, reading the Bible, going to church and doing all of the right things and you've lost the joy and the wonder of that day-to-day living reality of, the, of, of walking with Jesus as your friend and Lord and Saviour. Well, I want to say to you today, what's stopping you from turning to him? 